0: All the news you can use from YAA on Friday, October 22nd. Countdown to Dara's big wedding this Sunday, 11 a.m. in, uh, well, we'll just say in the great state of Maryland.
1: Two days, two days, folks. Happy Friday to you, Pops. We have a heck of an episode today. Not only is my dear father a part of the show today, we have the F&I guru and goddess herself, this yes. is Kimberly Klein, going to be joining us for Kimberly's Corner, which is, I think, technically just going to be today's episode. She'll be joining us here in just a second. Pops, we're going to dig into two topics in particular today. Actually, let's make it three. We're going to dive into car dealerships. The big publics, AutoNation, and Lithia have reported their third quarter earnings. They've doubled their profit year over year, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about tied in with that declinations on F&I products on the front end of car deals, something Miss Kimberly Klein is incredibly passionate about. She's going to walk us through. And I'd like to share a really, you've got to be kidding me about the Ford Bronco, a heck of a story with the Ford Bronco. How does all that sound?
0: <gasps> Sounds like a action packed show today, Zach. <laughs> There's, there's, there's no, there's, uh, there's the F&I goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein. <laughs> she
2: is Hi, in Dad. the house. <laughs> I'm in the house. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I didn't well, know your voice could get that high, Dad. It, it could get a, an octave or two higher if I, if I got just a little bit more excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. let's
2: not test that right now. Okay. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It'll get higher than that when I get my annual physical next month. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So
1: for those of you that are new to the channel, if you're listening to the Uh, podcast afterwards, Kimberly is a a team member at YAA. She's one of our auto advocates, and she works exclusively on the F&I side, both in our community and also with uh, those that are interested in purchasing extended warranties. YA.com slash extended warranty if you want to get a quote from us. And you also have the opportunity to meet with Kimberly, and we have some new teammates we're bringing on as well. So Kimberly with that as the intro plus your 15 years of F&I experience at the dealership. I'd like to kick things off with both of you guys. I'll share my screen here. Can we talk about these dealer profits that have doubled? Yeah,
0: of course. We could talk about anything you want. It's it's you're the director. This is
2: this your is- show. This yeah. is
1: very true. Yes. AutoNation nearly doubles <laughs> Q3 net income. Will acquire my dad's old employer, Priority One Automotive. We'll talk yeah. about that as well. Yes. The auto retail giant's earnings were aided by higher used vehicle sales and higher new vehicle gross profit per units despite lower new vehicle sales. So Pops and Kimberly, in lieu of not having inventory, AutoNation managed to double, nearly double their net income, a.k.a. their profit, up to three hundred and sixty-one point seven. And rounded up $362 million. That's a 98% jump from the prior quarter when it was $182 million in profit. That is, um, how do you say it? Insane.
0: That, that's how I would say it. What do you think, Kimberly?
2: I think it's, um, I'm trying to think of the best. Insane is really great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I, my hope is that we can do the same at YAA, but, you know. I doubt it,
2: <laughs> and they're not going to stop there. They're no. not going to stop there. That's the thing.
0: It so- it, it Do we did in in those stats? Did they give a breakdown as to what their average profits were per? new and used vehicle so
1: this I is bet why I love, got it this is yeah. why i love my dad they're actually put out so all of the big public companies what they do is they put out their investor reports right so when they do these quarterly calls there's all sorts of materials associated with that we have the 30 slides here from auto nations investor presentation october 2021 and what i want to do is i actually want to jump to slide seven here can you guys see that okay on your end?
0: Well, you know, for, for my old eyes, it's a little small, but it's okay. You know, and by the way, slide seven is, is my favorite.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, look at this, guys. Look fiscal year 2020 revenue breakdown over here on the left. So 51% of revenues at AutoNation during fiscal year 2020 came from new car sales. Okay. 28% okay. of revenues came from used car sales. 16% of revenues came from parts and service, and 5% of revenue came from F&I products. Wow. Okay. Over here to the right, gross profit. And so for everyone playing along at home, gross profit is revenue less your cost of goods sold. Your finance and insurance. Thank you for
0: that, by the way.
1: You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. It's just, you know, I didn't know that a while ago, so okay. don't tell our investors no. that. But, um <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Finance yes. and insurance represents 30% of AutoNation's gross profit. It was 5% of the revenue. New vehicles represent 16% of the gross profit. It was fifteen 51% excuse me, of the revenue. Used, 13% of gross profit, 28% of revenue. Parts and service, 41% of gross profit, 16% of revenue. So... What does that tell you? It tells
0: me that even though they sell cars, it's the it's what gets done in parts and service that means more to them than anything. And the second most important component is what the F and I goddess used to pro- be able to provide in the dealerships, which is the finance and insurance back-end money, which is huge today huger than it's ever been
2: ginormous it's so ginormous if that doesn't prove to you just how much products are are marked up uh nothing nothing does because did you see that little tiny sliver in the first one and then how yeah there's there's a lot to be made back there so luckily yaa will teach you how to negotiate those things in the finance
0: office and and you know It's almost my analogy of the small potatoes, medium-sized potatoes, and big potatoes. Um, If we can help you when you buy a car, make sure that you're a small to medium-sized potato once you go into the finance office, Um, we'll we'll save you tons of money.
1: Well, let's let's be really clear here. You go to a car dealership to buy a car. And that represents, Mm -hmm. again, when we're looking back at the auto nation data, the actual like, purchase of a new car represents 16% of AutoNation's total gross profit. If you buy a used car from AutoNation, you represent 13% of their gross profit. Mm-hmm. When you go to a car dealership, you're also offered the opportunity to finance the vehicle through the dealership and to buy ancillary products, extended yes. warranties, gap insurance, tire and wheel protection, roadside packages, uh, dent and ding protections, paint and fabric protections. You are not required to purchase those things. They're ancillary. They're, 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 the industry has done a better job year over year. And maybe, Pops and Kimberly, you can share some examples of what this used to be like in the past. But this metric in the industry called PVR, per vehicle retailed, the amount of gross profit per vehicle retailed, has skyrocketed because the tactics of selling ancillary products have gotten better and better. And consumers are having have a willingness to purchase them. And then you look back on this, 5% of their revenues, 5% of the, what was it, total revenue that, let me get the number, they had $6.38 billion um, in revenue in the third Mm -hmm. quarter, okay?
2: Yeah,
0: with a B.
1: With a B. And 5% of that was through the sale of extended warranties, gap insurance, things like that. Protection packages
0: through finance, yes.
1: But that made up 30% of the gross profit, and you don't have to buy any of them. Hard stop. Not only do you not have to buy them at a dealership, it's just I. It's 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 mind boggling to me that the whole industry is moving in the direction of let's make all of the money, let's consolidate and buy as many dealerships as possible, sell as many F and I products as possible, and the consumers will just keep doing it. Just say no or negotiate the price, and a lot of people don't realize they can do either.
2: Right, and and as I've always said, Zach, yes, you can just say no, but a lot of people. It's not that these products are bad products in a, in a manufacturer dealership on new and newer cars. These products that you're offered on the menu for new and newer cars in a manufacturer dealership, they're not bad. The administrators are good. They have guidelines that they need to meet to in order to sell or have the opportunity to have their products mm-hmm. be in that dealership's finance office. But the finance managers in today's market are digging their heels in or have dug their heels in just like the front end has and they're they're putting as you said they're putting the stops on everything and just saying hold up you know what i think no well i'm not going to negotiate with you i am going to hold two points and you are going to be forced into taking this product or that product and that's what i'd like to you know help people out with a little bit today
1: I want to jump there. I also just want to um, express for everyone on the chat here, like we, we had a comment that came through. Uh, it was from Steve. Also, reliability of vehicles has declined drastically. Mm. Now, I just want to comment on that, Steve. The way that you make money selling these F&I products, the insurance products, is by banking on the fact that people aren't going to make claims on them. So the deeper we've gotten into the business of selling the extended warranty products, vehicle service contracts, I understand the business model so much more. You have a front-end margin. So it costs a certain amount to buy that product from your administrator. So we work with AUL, costs us X. Then you sell it for Y. So when we sell it for Y, we make $500. When you buy it at the dealership, they might make $1,500, $2,000, $2,500. Use our quote as a way to negotiate the thing that comes back to Steve's comment, though, about reliability, is we make more money if at, after the end of that term you haven't made a claim against that product. Then you get what's called reserve profits. It took me like a year to learn this stuff, and so more power to you if you're listening to this and you want to get into business, you get reserve profit, and that's when your portfolio of um, extended warranties, vehicle service contracts, starts to come to, to uh, fruition, i.e., the contracts end and people haven't made claims. So. To Steve's point, if the reliability of these vehicles are getting worse, and then the administrators actually have to pay out claims, then AutoNation, just like YAA, makes less money because we actually don't get the reserve profit at the end of that term of the contract. So it is not because the reliability of vehicles has declined. The the profit margin is still there because there aren't, aren't a lot of claims being made against these contracts. A lot of companies, when you do try and make claims, you're then fighting tooth and nail to actually get the claim approved. That's part of the reason we're proud to work with AUL. Uh, you know, like there's less of that BS. Um, but it's not necessarily about the reliability. There's a lot of money, like changing hands in this. And if the reliability was getting worse, so would the gross profit. And it's not.
0: And 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 if I may, one of the things that Kimberly said that really resonates with me is um, yeah, these are not necessarily bad products. What what We seem to have, or what I I can't speak for Kimberly, but what I have an issue with, and I believe Kimberly does as well, is the uh, grotesque amount of gross profit that they want to add for these different products. If, if, as we know, for instance, if an extended warranty costs us $1,500, we sell it to the customer for $2,000. If that same warranty costs the dealership $1,500, $1,500, they're going to try and sell it to the customer for $3,995. Mm-hmm. Now that's an inordinate amount of markup. Doesn't mean it's a bad product. It just means it's a it's an inordinate amount of markup that, that the customer is being asked to, to pay. And that happens with the gap insurance. It happens with the tire and wheel. It happens with dent and ding. It happens with paint and, and interior protection. And that's what we have an issue with. We don't have an issue with them trying to sell the product. It's, it's, the, it's the grotesque amount of profit that they try
1: to associate with every one of those products.
2: Well said. Just to
1: just to provide even more context to this, and then I promise, Kimberly, we will get to um, (laughs) what what I know you're very passionate about. But here's auto finance news. This article from from earlier today, Lithia Motors credits record FNI revenue to high demand in Q3. What's what's the analogy here, guys? What's the equivalency? Because essentially, you go somewhere to buy a product, and then because you're spending the second most amount of money you've ever spent before, you're then convincing yourself through the tactics of a salesperson uh, to buy these ancillary products that protect it. And that's how the industry is moving. I mean, there's gotta be some sort of analogous, um, you know, experience that you have as a consumer. Maybe it's like, I don't know, when you buy a house, then you buy some sort of extra protection or you buy your phone and you sign up for the insurance. If I could,
0: if I could take a quick shot at that, it's, it's basically health insurance For your vehicle, you, you wouldn't go through life in America without health insurance. You need to have health insurance. That doesn't
1: work though in the analogous way, because you don't have to spend some sort of outlay to then get sold health insurance. You know, that's, that's what I'm trying to think about. It's like you, you have to buy the vehicle. You don't have to buy these other things. What do you have to buy, but then you don't have to buy these other things? I guess it's just typical insurance products. My point trying to be that all of these different publicly traded companies are getting bigger and bigger and more profitable because more and more people are saying, yeah, I have to buy the car, but okay, I also have to buy these other things. And I think the voice, the message I'm trying to preach is you don't have to buy these other things. You really don't. No,
0: but they've they've become, the the large publics have become really good at training their F&I people on how to sell this stuff. That's what it really boils down to.
1: And, Kimberly, and again, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go then to what you've been seeing. You're on consult calls constantly, twenty plus a week, with our members talking about their experiences going to the F and I office. What have you seen mm-hmm. more and more in terms of trying to sell these products, and what consumers can do to protect themselves as they go into that process?
2: Okay. Well, first and foremost, I want to say I'm not an attorney. And I don't play one on TV. Okay, so I'm not an attorney. But I have a lot of years of experience behind me in the finance office with a gazillion different administrators. And so what we're seeing more and more, Zach and Ray, is that whenever people are going to a dealership, they've got very limited in stock new cars. And they're being told that they have to buy a certain product if they want the car. And that's it. That's the way it is. Here's the line that's used. It's already on the car. So you have to buy it. It's already there. So you must buy it. Um, So that's kind of what I wanted to address today. Uh, I got to, I had a really, we have a member named Tony. Tony's in New Jersey. And I've been working with him back and forth. He he sent me uh, one of these contracts. Here's what I would like people to try. From now on, whenever you're being told this in the dealership, whenever a salesperson says to you, oh, the etch, it's already on there. You have to buy it. There is no reason why you shouldn't ask. I would like to take a look at the contract first that I'm going to sign on this product. Ask for the contract. Why? Because on that contract, you will see in bold letters, and I'll read it to you guys. The purchase of the theft protection program is voluntary and is not a requirement for the purchase, lease, or financing of a covered vehicle. Right there in bold.
1: Wait a second, Kimberly. I'm going to put it back up. You're going to have to have show time.
2: Oh, okay. It's right here in bold telling you that it is not a requirement for the purchase, lease, or financing of the covered vehicle. So that's why whenever you go, I don't know, you could even do it in the finance office because what I really want people to know is these products that are being put on the front end and you're being told this, they have a contract that goes with them, folks. Every product has a contract. Don't overlook that. Now we wanna bring those contracts to the forefront more than ever. Here's another one, you guys.
1: That's another
2: one. Thank you to Tony in New Jersey for this. There's a big story that goes behind this. I'd love to share it with you sometime. I know we've got uh, time constraints here, but here's another one, a different administrator. Again, it's a theft product, section number four, the purchase of the theft deterrent product is not required in order to purchase or obtain financing for this vehicle. It's right here and they even bold it for you. So instead of, I wanna give power to the buyers and the consumers, and instead of just saying, oh, I have to, I have to take it if I want this vehicle because it's already on the car, say, okay, just let me see the contract. There is no reason in the world why a finance manager, a salesperson, the dealership themselves should not show you that contract and then just look for that. Now here's something else. This one even has a declination box. What? It's got a declination box. I know it excites me. The, <laughs> declamation, the declination box simply says, I do not choose to register my vehicle with this product. I don't want this product. You have to sign it if you don't want it. Well, you don't have to take it according to this. This one doesn't have a declination box they're different products, but you get my point.
0: And, and most of these products do have some type of contract that you have to sign. They all do. Yeah. It requires a signature. And, and so at the very least, if you read it and, and you say, well, it says here that I don't have to, why are you telling me that I do? Because you're going to ask me to sign this piece of paper and, and, you're forcing me to take this against my will. Now, uh, what can we do about that? And and yet yeah, you, you're not an attorney, but I think you'd be a rather sharp one if you were. Well, um, thank you. Yes. Uh, and, and so perhaps since we know a lot of these things are going to go on, maybe perhaps people might want to just check um, on the internet Ask an attorney a question or whatever it is. I don't even
1: think it's necessarily that much, Pops or Kimberly. I think part of our responsibility here isn't necessarily to prescribe, hey, here's how you now use this in your negotiation. Part of our responsibility is to do what Kimberly just did, which is to empower you to understand what's going to happen and what tools you can equip yourself with. Think about it in in this light. At least I do. I'm now going to the F and I office, and I'm going to remember that Kimberly said ask for the contract. Then I'm going to look in the contract for where it says I don't have to purchase this in conjunction with purchasing a vehicle, and then I'm just going to circle it and hand it off back over the table. I think that's as far as we got to go.
0: And if I may, when when Kimberly says look at the contract, we're not talking about the finance contract. We're talking about the contract for each of these additional uh, protection products that are being. foisted onto the buying public.
2: Thank you for that, Ray. Yes. Every product will have its own contract. Now there is a right way for a dealership to do this. And there's a wrong way to do it. Telling a customer it's already on the car. You have to buy it is the wrong way. The right way to do it. If a dealership chooses to take these products out of the finance office and put them on the front end, because we all know there's two, two way, two two processes. Yes to go through whenever you buy a car, the front and the back end. Um, If a dealership chooses to take those products and put them on the front, here's how they do it. This vehicle already has the product, the theft protection applied to it. Do you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, want to purchase this? If you do, you will receive the benefit of whatever that may be. If if you choose not to, then you're going to be signing the declination form for that. That's the right way to do it. But just to take it out and then stick it on the front and be told you have to buy it if you want the car. I have no words.
0: It's that, that's just a level of greed that we could do without
1: no, and, and but i think i think what i'm most impressed by this uh cuz you know by now if you've watched the channel we don't prep for these things so i had no clue kimberly was going to do that and that was great what i'm most impressed by this is we've been beating the drum of hey you know this is what's going on right now but one thing i've been beating myself up about is like well what steps are we giving people or how are we empowering people you know sure we can make them right. aware that this is what's going on kimberly you just empowered people to know what to do in that office the next step that happens after you ask for the contract for the particular product and you circle section that says you don't have to buy the product in conjunction with purchasing the vehicle, it's not a requirement, and you hand that back over to the F&I manager, we can't tell you what to do after that because every situation is going to be different. You know, Uh, However, we can get you to that place and you just got us to that place. That's huge. That's incredible. And I can't thank you enough for surfacing that. That is such an actionable, um, I can't wait to get, yeah, I just, I hope people get value out of that. They should. right. And and look in the chat. Kimberly is a G. I think that's very positive. 100% i do not Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah. you are a savvy woman. I love uh, your oh, way to help consumers have dealers be more transparent. So you're thank definitely you. preaching uh, and, and we're listening.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When you get to this point, and if you're, you can do it either out with the salesperson on the floor or you can do it in, in the finance office when you're about to sign all the paperwork. That's probably when I would do it. But if you want the product, not not bad products here. You get benefits for, for the $199 or the $299 that you're spending. You do get benefits for that. But now is the time. If you want it, we're going to negotiate it. If you don't want it, you've got some power right here in the contract.
1: We've got uh, Phil Nader in the chat. Phil's an Thank auto you. advocate. Thanks for being here. Phil Kimberly is awesome. Uh, she is.
0: She is.
1: Jump 22. I just got burned by a dealer like Kimberly described. So, you know, again, to come full circle here, to come full circle here, AutoNation, the largest car dealership, uh, car dealer in the United States, Lithia, another one of the major publics. They've doubled, doubled their, uh, their gross profits year over year for the quarter. And it was not because they sold more cars. There's heck, there's even a quote in the AutoNation article. They went from a 43 day supply of inventory this time last year to a 10 day supply of inventory. The rate that they are increasing their profits 2 X, 100% year over year, is because they're selling more F&I products. If you are going to buy a car, it does not mean that you need to buy an F&I product. And if you are being told you have to buy the F&I product, now you know from someone who did it for 15 years herself, she understands ins and outs of the dealership, what you can say. I'd like to see the contract associated with that product. May I review it? And then when you're reading through it, circle that part that we've been talking about, hand it back over, and take it from there. Kimberly, that that you get the first ever on the daily news you can use.
2: What? What do I get? Okay, what does she get? <laughs> what do I get?
1: The Ray Shefka Stamp of Approval. Oh. Did it not play? Ray. No.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you anyway. Thank yeah. you, Ray. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you're <laughs> welcome. You you do get the Raychevska stamp of approval and well, and Zach's still working on his production skills. It's oh, all right. It I, I you. know it's coming. Yeah.
1: Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know, I know it's coming, Zach. That's okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Ray step stamp
0: of approval. <laughs> There it is. There it, there it is. And well-earned, Thank well-deserved.
1: You. All right, Thank guys. Thank you, you guys. Can we look at, um, just for a moment here, and literally just for a moment, our first uh, With a Guest, um, Really, You've Got to Be Kidding Me segment? Yeah, let's do Yeah.
2: That. Oh, that sounds
1: like fun. Really? you, you got to be kidding me. Kidding me. Okay, ah. great. So we had, and this was chronicled over here on Jalopnik, and I also, of course, as a millennial, had to go ahead and make a TikTok out of this, but a Bronco reservation holder tried to go up against a Ford dealer over a markup and lost. Essentially, Ah. what happened here, and um, it's it's really not fun, essentially what happened here is someone ordered a Bronco, a Ford Bronco, and thought that by receiving the web printout, the web-based dealer ordering sheet that was signed, that they had a signed buyer's order, they didn't. When the vehicle came, when the Bronco came, the dealer marked, uh, jacked the price up. So what this user, what this, uh, this person, Shermanator, did is he posted to a uh, Bronco forum online. What ended up happening is there were a ton of negative reviews left by other people on the forum for this dealership dealership didn't take too kindly to that and ultimately it sounds like although it's not explicitly said in the article it sounds like they probably put some legal pressure on shermanator and said hey you better get those taken down i don't know what you're doing but not only are, are we not selling you this truck but you're going to get in some trouble as well Long story short, Shermanator did not buy his Bronco because the price got jacked up. They sold it to someone else at that jacked up price. And all of the negative reviews had to be removed. This is car buying in the 21st century.
0: And, and, and Shermanator's first mistake was not getting a buyer's order listing the pricing uh, with any caveats as to whether or not there could be any price increases from the manufacturer in the MSRP and then having that buyer's order signed by a dealer representative, a sales manager, general sales manager, or general manager, and he's signing it himself. A build sheet is not the same thing unless – unless you get a breakdown of the pricing and the fees and the dealer personnel signs it the one of the managers signs it and you sign it but without a without a buyer's order signed all you've had is a conversation and and the conversation ends up in an argument when the vehicle comes in and they go, well, you know, the market is that these are worth $10,000 more than MSRP. So if you want this car, you've got to pay us that money and do yourself a favor, get that signed buyer's order. So you don't have to go through this at the end. Um, And, and there is one further update. Um, The dealer got with a Ford representative. They're going to expedite a 2022 bronco for him uh ford's involved now and there is an agreed amount that he will pay no more than msrp for the vehicle when it does come in but nobody should have to go through all that
2: no no this is what we this is what it's come to this is what we have to go through now
1: yeah pretty ridiculous Let's end this Friday on a high note. We've got from Twitch. We love it when oh. people watch on Twitch. We yes. have what it is, but we hear it's something like J-Date. My wife <laughs> gave birth to identical twin boys in August, so we needed a bigger car for our family of five. Your videos helped me prepare for that experience. Thank you so much.
0: Now, uh, can I ask a question? Did anything prepare them for the
1: experience of having That's what I want to know,
2: too, right? (laughs) (laughs) What did they watch to get prepared for that? that.
1: (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I think we've done our due diligence today. I appreciate both of you. Kimberly, again, your tidbits were uh, off the charts. I think that's the first time I ever said tidbits off the charts in one sentence. I've got some outdoor music. We've got a weekend ahead of us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, listen there. Please leave reviews. Any yeah, Twitter, podcasts?
0: Twitter, J-Date, Hinge, uh, wherever wherever you get your stuff, we're there. We're bumper, available.
2: Bumper, Bumble.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Behance, all yeah. those. And, and perhaps maybe even at your local Safeway. I'm not sure about that.
1: Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.